0: Robin Sills from St. Mary's Hospital. Welcome to another edition of Medically Speaking. And I hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I know this is an off night for us a little bit because I should have been on last Wednesday, but probably along with many of you. I was cutting, chopping, dicing, roasting, rolling out pie dough, which I absolutely hate to do, um, filling the pies, baking the pies, and doing all those things um, that you do the night before, and so WATR graciously let me move the show to tonight, and I'm very excited because I have with me tonight... a a new dear friend of mine at St. Mary's Hospital and happens to be our chaplain at St. Mary's Hospital. It's Chaplain Jerry Capobianca. How are you, Chaplain Jerry? I am very well. Thank you for having me. We are really excited to have you because... I have had my own journey this year mm-hmm. of, of a lot of feelings and a lot of ups and a lot of downs. Mostly ups, though, but a really big down yeah. um, with losing my dad this year, which was a huge loss. Um, but then just a couple weeks ago, celebrated the birth of my second grandson. So mm-hmm. very, very exciting. But holidays are here. Right. and I can tell you Thanksgiving was a little tough yeah, not having my dad around the table mm-hmm. um, and we are kicking off the holiday season and I definitely don't want to be as they say a Debbie Downer tonight but what I'd like to do with tonight's show is I want to bring an awareness an awareness to all of us for during that holiday season how we remember a loved one during that holiday time and how do we help people that we may come in contact with throughout the holiday season that we know may be a little bit down or a little depressed and these are tools that really can get us through um, the entire year, not just the holiday, but I think holidays are toughest, mm-hmm. and um, we really hope, sometimes we just don't know how to talk to someone who may have lost a loved one. So we're going to learn tonight a little bit about good grief. Mm-hmm. Um, which Chaplain Jerry's been doing a great job with a little program that she's put together on helping people learn how to grief mm-hmm. and what grieving means. Um, but I want to start first by asking you about your own personal journey and what made you be a chaplain. I know you're an incredible addition. Us, You left for a little bit, though. I did. You snuck out for a snippet a time. A
1: snippet. Only six months. Just a snippet. But actually, uh, this week, I'm celebrating 11 years. 11 years At, at the, the hospital. hospital yeah that's awesome, and I've been a chaplain for about 14 years. But my journey began interestingly enough, when I was 14, really, and my father passed away. Ugh. Again, you know, it was one of those life events that that throws you into chaos and right. um, but the opportunities and the blessings are incredible. As you journey through that grief. And I can say that I would not be sitting here today as a chaplain if it weren't for his passing. Really? And the blessings of that, it started me on my spiritual journey. Because I was questioning God and questioning, you know, I'm 14. You can't lose your father when you're 14. Right. And so I really started searching and asking questions and, and questioning my my faith tradition. I was brought up a Catholic, right? And it, you know, I searched in all different religious traditions to really try to find the question, answering questions: Why do we die? Where do we go? Where is heaven? And right so especially that's such an impressionable time oh absolutely
0: that is such a time of transition yeah you know from that grammar school age mm-hmm. into that pre-adolescent adult mm-hmm. you know stage in your life when you are questioning other things and right. you need that other parent to bounce things off or to show you that that role mm-hmm. of mother father and and how you mimic that yep. yeah yeah it's 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 definitely a changing time you know and i can only Empathize with you, mm-hmm. what you went through, and me later on in life, right? You know, going
1: through it. But I don't think we're ever prepared for it. No. And our society is really a very grief phobic, mm-hmm. death phobic society. Everybody's afraid of it. They are, I and mean, nobody wants to talk about it. Right. We don't and want to prepare for it. We don't want to prepare. Um, we don't. But you know, we're not just talking about the loss or the death. Mm -hmm. Of someone. When we talk about grief, many losses trigger the grief response. Mm -hmm. If you're going through a divorce, if Mm -hmm. you're going through separation, loss of a pet, uh, moving to a new town, um, an elderly person moving from being independent to a nursing home. Wow, that's, you know what, that's, you're right. You know, that's amazing
0: that you're saying that there's, and we handle them so differently. We do. Be, and, and do we handle them differently because of culture? Do we handle them differently because of, of maybe
1: our own personal life experiences? It's probably all of the all above. Of I took a, a course about a month ago in uh, in grieving, and she had us do a really interesting exercise. She had us think back when we were children, and what is the first loss that we remember experiencing? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have. To, it wasn't doesn't have to be the loss of a death. Right. And the example that she gave was a little girl, 4 years old, and she lost her doll mm. that she slept with every night. <laughs> and as she thought back that was what she remembered, she fast forward now, she's middle age and had just lost her husband. And that grief response that she had when she was 4 came tumbling back because she'd been with her husband for you know thirty or forty years and right and that loss that same reaction that she, she mimicked was four, it yes she mimicked it so that and that can be true for many of us you we know create I can t- a pattern and you know I say cultural
0: but I can tell you being growing up Italian mm-hmm watching how some of my relatives handled the loss of someone it's very dramatic Mm -hmm. and i think sometimes as a young child watching that drama scared me yes you know so Mm -hmm. you you have to learn to develop your own coping skills as you get older not to mimic that type of behavior because Mm -hmm. although we want we have to let it out. We do some, and we, really you important. and I talked about yes. that and how we let really things important. out. It's so important. Yeah. Um, I, we're going. You and I could talk forever and go around we circles. Could. But you know, one of the things I kind of wanted to talk about tonight because I think it's so so important is that journey of grief. And I think mm-hmm. that it's maybe a good time to maybe go through that because that's a piece that you do in your yes. presentation. So you do this presentation called "Good Grief." Good Grief. What made you choose
1: to do that? Well, I was asked by my church, St. Thomas the Apostle, mm-hmm. last spring. Mm-hmm. Um, they do a, an introduction to their bereavement program in the spring every year, and they have a program called Good Grief. And they mm-hmm. asked me if I would come and do that for them. Um, and it has just kind of taken on a life of its own, I think, because so many people um, don't have a chance to to talk about grief in a safe place. Mm. And most of the bereavement groups are 8 weeks, 10 weeks, and some people can't commit right to that time frame. But the education and giving people permission to grieve and validating those feelings in a safe place. In a safe place is so empowering for for many people and understanding what they're going through. And I think the term good grief is Really on
0: point mm-hmm. because we don't put those two words generally right. together. That's right.
1: Because grief is a good thing. You need to have it. You have to go through the process. You have to go through the healthy, process. In a healthy way. In a healthy way. But grief offers us many, many gifts mm. and many opportunities to, you know, go through that journey. Right. It can be very dark and challenging and painful. But. Coming out the other side gives us so many gifts to look at our lives, mm. to, if we have a bucket list, you know, many of us, when someone dies, we realize, gosh, it can happen to me. Especially when they're extremely close. If they're close. Right. If they died suddenly. Right. Um, it really helped. We really need to look at our lives and say, what do we need to do differently? Mm. So that's an opportunity. That's a gift. Um uh, and I, as a chaplain, I'm with dying patients every day, right? And they teach me how to live. I, I'm sure they do. They share with me their stories and their regrets, and that's what my book is about. Right, uh, is about in th- some inspiring stories that th- the dying have to teach us about living without regrets, mm. um, being joyful, and uh, going through the grieving process and. And sometimes going through the grieving process before they've even left. True. Right? That's a really good point, Robin, because people who are dying are anticipating, you know, they're anticipating not being here anymore, right. not being with their loved ones. So they go through a grief so, process. Absolutely. As do the family members that surround them. And I think sometimes, especially
0: the the stronger of the family, the matriarch or the patriarch, wherever the case may be, they're trying to prepare the family. Mm-hmm. And and, per, and start the grieving process with them. Right. I think it. I think that's a hard t- thing to do when you're going through it. But when you have someone that dies suddenly, you haven't had that opportunity. Right. So right. when you're working with patients or, or or individuals that are going through grief, mm-hmm. do you see the ones that have lost someone suddenly? They are they're kind of stuck. Maybe they don't even know what to go
1: through, what phase stage to be in. Well, it's. It's it's an interesting contrast. Mm. Although it's the same process. Yeah, I have I've lost both my parents now. My dad died forty seven or eight years ago. He died suddenly. Mm. I kissed him goodbye Saturday morning, and by seven o'clock that night, he was gone. Ugh. No idea, out of, just out of the blue. My mom, on the other hand. Um, it passed just three years ago next week, so it's still fresh. Um, she took her a long time to pass, so I had one of each. You had one of each. Yeah. yeah but Either. you have very different spectrums in your
0: life, too. One True. very young and now yes. at this age. Yes. Not that you're old. Oh,
1: <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Thank you for that. Um, but they both have the same challenges, you know. They uh, And I don't say that one is easier right. than the other. They're both very, very challenging. So when we're looking at, because I I love this
0: analogy that you brought with you tonight. I'd love to talk to this, because I'm sure you use this in your grief presentation. So it's called the Journey of Grief. And although our audience can't see it, and please, I want to remind everyone, you can call in 203-757-1320 if you'd like to contribute your story, Mm -hmm. or you may have a question on how to help a family member or a friend with grief that Chaplain Jerry can help you with. So let's talk
1: about this Journey. Of grief. What does this mean? Well, there are many stages of grief. There are any models of mm-hmm. grief as well. Uh, this is just one model. Um, it, the initial loss is usually uh, uh, the person feels numbness and mm-hmm. shock. Yeah. Once that initial loss is, you can't wrap your mind around it. It's very hard to you, you can't believe that they're gone why did this happen? How could this happen? And often uh, people are looking for someone to blame Mm. or they'll blame themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, I tried to get here in time and, and didn't get there in time. So there's so many... Those of us in healthcare, we do it all the time. I I, I have to tell you, I did it with my
0: own father because, Mm -hmm. you know, being a nurse, I felt like I needed to see something I missed. Right. And
1: it's hard to let that go. It is very hard. It's hard hard to let that go. It can take a long time. Right. It can take a long time. So so the initial uh, feelings are very, very deep and Mm. very, very challenging. Yeah. But they're important to feel them. It's important to acknowledge those feelings, and then as time goes on, um, I had someone say to me once that it gets grief gets a little softer.
2: Mm.
1: Grief, there's good news, bad news here. Grief never goes away, Mm. because usually when we feel deep grief, it's because of our attachment, it's the love that we have for that person, right, and that. The, that love never goes away. No, so but that, you don't have that person to, there to you show them the love. You right? Don't you don't. And that's but, hard. But part of the healing grief, you know, we we go through this journey, and you go back and forth. It's not a linear journey. You know you'll you'll have you'll have a good day, and then you'll have a really bad day, and there are triggers. Uh, A song will come on the radio, Mm. or you'll get a whiff of perfume, Mm -hmm. or it'll be an anniversary date, Mm. or the holidays. Bring up all these memories, and those can all trigger, uh, again, grief responses. Um, But as you come through it, Hmm. uh, you begin to see uh, some healing Mm. in yourself. The memories that used to make you sad used to make you cry. Right. Will make you smile, Mm. and that's a really beautiful moment to say, "Wow, you know, I think I'm coming out the other side of this." But then all of a sudden, can you go back? Absolutely, right? Absolutely. You know, it's been three years for my mom, um, and I still well up, and and but she's around, and we need to talk about that too. Yeah, we will talk about that because our loved ones. I truly believe that the body may be gone which I think is our cocoon. Mm-hmm. But the spirit inside of us, that's my belief, the spirit is eternal. Oh, let me
0: tell you something. When I made my confirmation, I picked the 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 uh, saint named Christina the Astonishing, and her piece was she flew through the rafters of the church. Oh. She flew around, and she provided guidance to mm-hmm. everyone around her, and I thought, I'm going to be flying around someday. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, absolutely.
0: you know, and I believe that. I truly believe that. Yeah. You know, we are we are out there to protect our loved ones, but yes. we're
1: here. Yes, but it's hard because you can't see them. We well, but we can feel them, mm-hmm. and we get clues from them. I so had, tell me the clues. Oh my goodness, I could go on for hours and hours and hours. I know, but I think it's the really stores. important. You know, people, we are in such a society of doubt. We are,
0: you know, and I think that we want to believe. That there's something, but I think there's so many people out there that just don't believe that there's something, and I think that sometimes the clues are right in front of us, they but are. we're we're just not open minded enough to embrace right.
1: them, or we think we're crazy, and that's our right? biggest fear. Is even going through this grief process, mm-hmm. the feelings can be so deep, we can begin to think that we're going crazy, hmm. uh, and that's when it's, when it's really important to to talk to somebody, right? Find somebody who will listen without judgment and just let you talk. But but these these messages that we get from our lo- I believe our loved ones are reaching out to us every single moment mm. to let us know they're okay. Mm. They don't want us to be sad because they're joyful now. Mhm. They're in they're they're free of all of the crazy earthly the earthly <laughs> challenges That's right. and and often they'll come through in a funny way. Yeah. Um, I had there was a patient who passed away last week and I had the honor of being with her she knew she was dying mm. so we had some wonderful conversations and she agreed that her her clue to let us know that she was around would be shamrocks well um, uh, one of her family members was going through a box of clothes after she would passed and found a shirt that had a big for, shamrock, get shamrock up, on it. Get up. So that's just one example. I'm telling you. Some people see dimes. Yeah. Uh, some people see cardinals. Uh, cardinals are a big thing.
0: Uh, cardinals yeah. was a big thing for me. And I have to tell you, there was yeah. one day I was having a really incredibly bad day. And um, I I kept saying to him how much I missed him, my dad. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I was just like, I can't. I said, you have to I said, Dad, I just need something. And I pulled into my mother's driveway, and I got out of the car, and there on the ground, on the sidewalk, on my path to go into the house, was literally a baby cardinal just sitting there on the ground looking at me. Did not fly away when I walked up to
1: it. And then I looked. I said, okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. I
1: get it. Absolutely. I get it. I, and I can tell you thousands of stories just like that. And in my own life as well. Yeah. Um when we need those too. We do. We need and those. And that's why our loved ones send them to us. Right. And they're ready to to throttle us because we're saying, "Oh no, this can't be. Mom or dad or right. you." Know, but it is. I true it true. I truly because I think the veil between us and those who have Crossed over is very thin. Mm. Is, and they're right here. I don't think heaven is up in where Michelangelo in the clouds, you know. <laughs> oh, come on. I was looking forward to being up there. Well, <laughs> I, I I think it's right here. Yeah. They, they they don't leave us. They're right here. They don't here. leave. They're around. Yeah. And they want us to believe that they're with us.
0: Yeah. And it's, and, and you know, we talked a lot about this. You have to have faith. Yeah. You know, you and I sat down. You talk a lot about because I think that really helps. Right. So when you're giving your 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 talk and when you're talking good grief, mm-hmm. some people are not faithful people.
1: Mm-hmm. So how do you help them? Well, and interesting, you should bring up faith because one of the challenges of going through the grief journey is that it can challenge our faith. Right. Some people automatically entrenched themselves in their faith and it's the faith it's the prayer it's going to church being in community Mm. that keeps them grounded through this Mm. some people are on the other extreme they get mad at god Uh. they blame god how can this happen to god why did you let this happen why did you let my loved ones suffer so much before they died And, of course, it's not God that does that. No, it's not God that does that. God is the one that carries us through this. Right. But in order to get to that place, you have to redefine your definition of God. Right, and what that means to you. Yeah. What that means to you, absolutely. And even if you don't have a, 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 an organized faith tradition, mm-hmm. um, it's faith in the human spirit. And we all have that, that resilience inside of us right. that we can recover And we can redesign our life in a way that keeps our loved ones still with us. Right. Uh, And, uh, you know, some people have created foundations in the names of their loved ones. Mothers Against Drunk Drivers. Right. We could go on and on. Right. Um, And those are such healing
0: tools. Yes. Right? Because it helps us honor that loved one in such a constructive way Mm -hmm. to have their memory live on. Right. You know, and but but to show that they didn't just pass and they're no longer here but they they live on they do to some degree through us right right in everything that we do too mm-hmm. and i think you you know I mean, I think that we forget that, too. You know, we all carry a little piece of our heritage, some way, shape, or form of mm-hmm. our loved ones. As they say, we, you are your mother or your father, that's right? right? You know, you definitely have a piece of them. I mean, and, and as young as you were when you lost your dad, I'm mm-hmm. sure that you still carry some of those traits. And you'll probably say, geez, I remember dad doing this.
1: Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. And that's so important. And I see it in my brothers. I have see two it? brothers. Yeah, so that's had, really neat. My older
0: brother looks just
1: like my dad. You know, you
0: brought so. up an interesting thing. You were talking about just saying your siblings The one thing I know that you and I had talked to you about yesterday when we met, I was saying how for me the hard part was not having any siblings. So not having that sibling and that connection to what your life was with a parent Mm -hmm. um, back when you were a child is hard. But I found myself um, really locking myself in with my cousin this past holiday season Mm -hmm. because she carried those same Memories that I had. So I think it's important to find the person that kind of shares your memories right. because it helps you get through that process. It does. And, and, you know, and those we're t- are happy memories Absolutely. that you can share. And we're talking parent, but I mean, truly, I have not experienced the loss of a spouse or, or God forbid, a child, but, mm-hmm. you know, that grief mm-hmm. is just as, how do I want to put it, just as, you know, enormous. Right. As right. a loss of a parent, you know, in a different way. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: in a different way. And I'm sure that you've seen that. Yes. Yes. You know? Multiple losses. And it's difficult. Yeah. Or losses uh, in, in particularly traumatic ways. Like oh. if someone was murdered oh. or died in a plane crash. We just had a plane crash, you know, a couple of days ago. Oh, with the whole um, soccer team. The whole soccer. It can't, I can't, you know. No, you can't even put those your mind are, around those, it. Their their parents are grieving. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the world trade center i mean right. we could go on and on these are huge uh losses N- not to diminish the right. losses that we all deal with because right. the grief process is the same right but you often, know you mentioned the world trade center that grief was worldwide. It was, and it's still, and it's still, still
0: we still grieved. We still, we still grieve those lives. We right. grieve the loss of our independence. Right. You know, you mentioned so many other things that mm-hmm. we we can grieve, but the importance of going through that grieving process and recognizing each step right. that you've gone through, and having someone to help you mm-hmm. if you need it, whether it be a support group, whether right. it be. A friend, mm-hmm. you know, for me, you know, we talked a little bit about the the ministry that we're starting at St. Anthony's, which is um, in in many other parishes mm-hmm. in other ways, shapes, and forms. Our just okay. happens to be Stephen Ministry, but with us um, training to be ministers to people in mm-hmm. our own community, mm-hmm. helping them through things like this. And I'm learning some of the same things you're talking about tonight. Right. These are things that I somewhat learned in nursing school. Mm-hmm. We used to call it death and dying. Okay. That was our Yeah,
1: so you had a class. Yeah, we had
0: our we had Good. definitely had that and psychology and all those things mm-hmm. to learn uh a little bit about the human mind and how people go through things and why they do what they do. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you're ever truly prepared mm-hmm. till you have some life experience. Right. Because as an eighteen year old, nineteen year old kid in nursing school, you don't even think you're ever gonna have to face it. You just wanna make sure you can get that I V in right. That's right. You That's know right. what I mean? So I think yeah. until I, I, I think I'm a much better nurse now than I was when I first graduated, mm-hmm. and not just because of technique,
1: but it's because of experience right. with people. Absolutely, right? And and people are concerned about technique, right? And and but the I just had a a patient today. She sat me down for ten minutes and told me how wonderful our staff is. Oh. And how and this totally unsolicited, right? I said, and she said, write this down because I want you to share this. <laughs> she said, people said hello to each other, and they said good morning, and they were so kind to me. That's what people remember. That's what people remember. You know, if you don't get the IV in quite right the first time, right? They, they can forgive that, but what they f- they want to feel accepted and want, cared cared for cared for. Right. Well, that's the, you
0: know, I know I'm. Kind of prejudiced, but that's what I've always felt at St. Mary's. That's why I've yeah. been there since I was fourteen. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's it's an amazing, amazing place. Well, we need to take a break, but when we come back, I do want to um, focus a little bit about some tools for people mm-hmm. for holiday time, right? For for people that are maybe going through uh, a grieving process that might help. Okay, we'll Sounds be right good. back.
2: I didn't know I was living till I found you Locked in each other's arms for hours Then I knew I'd never find love like you again My heart and soul were singing in band Your old lover ladies act on you. I seen your eyes light up the room Convincing me he's just a friend All your playing this with him you defend And I know what my eyes are seeing He's creeping on you again It don't look like the end And I'm gone like the wind yeah. I try to forget about it, carry on Relax a little And don't be afraid Cause I've heard all your promises Bought them all up Ooh, what a sale it was The next time we're out again I see your eyes I see his hands I had sympathy for your foolish stacks time. Now, how much do you think that I can take? You guarantee that never be next time. He's creeping around you again. and You see, he's just a friend. But I'm gone like the wind. Gone
0: Robin Sills from St. Mary's Hospital. Welcome to Medically Speaking. And we are Medically Speaking tonight with with doctor. I usually have a thank doctor you. here. Promoted. I promoted you, you to Chaplain Jerry Capabianca. I am so happy to have you here. She's our chaplain at St. Mary's Hospital. And I don't know what we would do without you. Oh, thank you. I don't know what we do without you. I, my hallway hugs are the best. Absolutely. Because I'm loving hugging. So mm-hmm. I usually stop and hug you, yep, because it feels so good. It does. We all need more hugs. We in this all world. need we all need more hugs. We have an incredible pastoral care department. You guys, Thank you. are by not by by you know far far beyond doing the best, you know, for for our patients and our staff because mm-hmm. our staff needs a lot of loving. We do because we deal with things every day. Every day, I'll tell you. I went down to our emergency room yesterday just to check on someone. I looked at the girls. I'm like, really? You should be getting double pay. Yeah. It's amazing to me how much they... With smiles on their faces... Okay incredible. Yep. So we are tonight, um, it is holiday time, and we are tonight with Chaplain Jerry talking about good grief. Mm-hmm. We are talking about it because it's holiday time and it's definitely a time of joy, of love, of families getting together. But, you know, I think we have to remember, we have to remember that there are people out there that may be around your holiday table, whether they be family or whether they be friends or just acquaintances. You know, sometimes they're not always on the same holiday page as you, mm-hmm. and they may be at a different point. You know, they may be missing a loved one. It may not even be recent. It could be a while ago. But they may be missing someone whether it be a pet, Mm -hmm. a spouse, um, someone else very close to them. But uh, I can tell you, my golden retriever is my heart. So, you know, it would be, it could be anything. Mm -hmm. You know, and they just may not be in the same page. And I think we have to understand that and helping us to understand and maybe how to help others empathize with others and Uh, get through the process and maybe enjoy the holidays a little bit more Mm -hmm. or just feel a little bit better is something we'd like to give tonight but Chaplain Jerry brought something which I think is really kind of neat and it's called the grieving person's bill of rights and I'm just going to read the bullets really quick and then maybe you can expand on it just a Mm -hmm. tiny bit but um I never heard of this. I just think it's awesome. There's yeah. six Bill of Rights that she has here. So the grieving person's Bill of Rights, number one, you have the right to experience your own unique grief. Nobody has to do it in the same way. Nobody does
1: it in the same way. Then they don't have to. No. Absolutely. There's no. There's no set plan. A- absolutely and we need to allow each other even around this this holiday table you're talking about right even if this that's the same family and they've all experienced the same loss right everybody grieves in a different way and it's important to and let space for that let them. each other grieve yeah and it's so important yes it's so yeah. important number 2 you have the right to talk about your grief yes that's tough, you know. It is. It is, especially if the person that you're talking to comes back with a comment that is not helpful, right? And we've all had those comments. Yeah, right. we're going to go over that too because you have a whole list of things, I
0: and I want to talk about that yep. after because this is really kind of neat. But yep. you have a right to talk about it, and you know the other. We just talked about this too. That sometimes they're saying the same thing over and over, you know, and it and people lose their patience
1: right you know but they have a right to talk about it they do and we they should do. really just listen yes that is the it's so hard the best thing that you can do is it's, not say anything just listen and just listen because what the grieving person is doing by repeating that mm. they're trying to wrap their head around it right and that's it's a and you've had psychology so you mm-hmm. know it's a cognitive Process, right? You know, we're so used to having this person in our life, we can't believe that they're not there anymore. Right. So it's it's your mind. You can't wrap your mind around it. And the more you can repeat it, little by little, you'll begin. It's real to realize that it's real. And, it's real. And for a lot of people, that's that's a very sad day. Right. When you when they realize finally realize they're not coming they're back. They're not coming back. Exactly.
0: I know it. Exactly. The, the third one, you have the right to feel a multitude of emotions, which is kind of what we talked about in the journey of grief, right? Right. So you have this, you know, shock. Mm-hmm. But there's times when you're, I guess, you're somewhat at the holiday time, you feel guilty, right? Because yep. maybe be you're happy. F- yeah, I shouldn't be I
1: shouldn't happy, be happy. Sh- right? I sh- or I shouldn't or be sh- happy. That's right. Right? Or how should exactly? I should be sad because mom isn't here. Right. But I I feel happy, so I feel guilty.
0: Like I feel her presence and I feel Right. Joyous to spend it with everyone, right, and mm-hmm. but it's hard to do that I mean I know I, I you know' just saying the birth of my my second grandson was so joyous that for his first Christmas, and you know, but I wish my dad were here to see right. it so there's that mix that multitude yes. of emotions mix of emotions, which absolutely. is really tough
2: absolutely.
0: the fourth one you
1: have the right to be tolerant of your physical and emotional limits. what does that mean that is huge because mm. a lot of people don't realize that there are physical symptoms that come with grief mm. often. Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually a syndrome called broken heart syndrome. Mm. And we some people will come to the emergency room and they'll feel very anxious. They'll have uh, chest pain and they'll be worried that something is happening. And it's actually a documented syndrome called broken heart syndrome. Wow. Um, it's good to you know, always check these things out. Right. Have them checked out. Um, but it's not an actual heart attack. It's a grief response. Wow. And sometimes physical pain, uh lack of uh insomnia, mm. can't sleep, or you sleep too much, mm-hmm. you just want to stay in bed and pull the covers over mm-hmm. your head. These are all common emotional and physical responses. Wow. Well you know, you've hear of that, the broken heart syndrome, yeah. but it's yeah. it's very real. It is real. Yep. Yeah.
0: Number five, you have the right to experience grief attacks. Yes, and they
1: sneak up on you and come out of nowhere. <laughs> this is when your emotions go all over the place. You don't know where it came from. Yes, or it can be triggered by a multitude of things. Hmm. And it can it can be years and years later. A memory. That's it. A memory, a p- perfume. Right. Um. Um. Ah, you know, it could be anything.
0: Right. A song. A song. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that's it's hard because they're never quite
1: gone, but you don't really want them to be gone. Oh. And that's why and and we haven't talked about this yet, but the 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 good part about grief is you go through all these feelings, you go back and forth. It's sad and it's painful, but there is a moment that comes when you choose life. Mm-hmm. You choose to heal. Mm-hmm. And that's when you begin to see these little things as blessings instead of reminders, but it's a choice. Recovery from grief is is really a choice. Mm-hmm. You know, we walk we walk through the valley of death, mm-hmm. like it says in the twenty third right, psalm. Right. We walk through the valley with our loved ones who have died, mm-hmm. but then eventually we come out. We come out. We can choose to come out. We right. can choose to stay there in that right. dark place. And right. many people do right. for the rest of their lives. They sc- Scrooge in A Christmas Carol. Oh, I if want you, to talk about that. If you that, have that a chance is, to, to watch to this. that I, show.
0: You, you and I talked
1: about this yesterday. That's yeah. incredible. Give
0: Because I think it's really important for the audience to hear this little piece. This is really a unique interpretation, what you gave right. me. And, right. I, I mean, I think of A Christmas Carol, and I just think he's, you know, this is conscious that's right but but you're giving me something that dickens was doing that i didn't look deep enough because i am not a scholar and in- the, the literature by any stretch of the imagination, but I think this was a great analogy. So why don't we, especially as Christmas time, it's good to talk
1: about. That's right. Well, it's an interesting interpretation. I think this was in the 1951 version with Alistair Sim. I'm going to get this. It's, my, it's it. my favorite version Listen of, to this, Johnny. of A Christmas Carol. And we all wonder why Scrooge is the way he is. And we right. all think it's because money, right? Mm-hmm. He's just enamored with money. But how did he get there? Mm. Why did he... Get to that point of letting money overtake his life. Well, when he has his life review during the spirits that come to visit him, in his the first spirit of uh, Christmas past takes him back to when his sister died, and she died in childbirth mm. for his nephew, and his nephew was the one that came to invite him to Christmas dinner, right. and he says, "Bah humbug, go away." Mm. Well, in as she was on her deathbed. Um, she, she Scrooge knows that she's going to die so he walks away kind of in anger that she's that she's going to die but at, when he's out of earshot of her last wish her last wish was Ebenezer take care of my baby take care of my son which was his nephew he didn't hear that until he came that back that night, till he was with the ghost, the spirit took the spirit him, him spirit back. Was, well, I called the ghost, but the spirit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well. So, so when he, when he woke up the next morning, he realized that his sister, whom he loved dearly and had a really hard time with her death, wanted him to take care of her baby. And he didn't do that because he was
0: so angry that she right. died. Right. But you, you also gave me an analogy that was he dying. Was he almost dying? And, well, that there, that you would wonder, right? right? Because there are there are many. Was he having a heart attack? When right. he's, yeah, he said this is just indigestion. That right? he said in one of the things. But right. was he having a heart attack? And he, you know, he was brought back to did, look did at his life? did he have a
1: near death experience?
0: Right? Did he have no. a near death experience? And I just
1: think that's an incredible analogy. Yeah. Yeah. And many people who have near death experiences have life reviews just like that. And I think Dickens um probably couldn't I think he knew somebody or he had a near death experience. Right. And right. so he wrote it in this in this right. beautiful prose told a story but um, I have a feeling that he's you know because it's so similar to what we hear today right it's definitely
0: similar to what yeah. we hear today but I just yeah. think that's incredible I just think that analogy yeah. so when we talk about these grief attacks and we were talking right. I just think that that analogy was perfect yep. it's perfect yep. And the last one is you have the right to make use of a ritual right meaning
1: your funeral right or right. some sort of way to say goodbye. Absolutely, right. it could be it could be the funeral, um, you know, which is a it it's, involves a couple of days. Right. But you can also um, at the holidays yeah. have rituals to remember your loved ones. You know, setting a place for them, right? Lighting a candle, right? Um, Having their and picture And it's okay there. to do that. Of right? course.
0: You know, my, it's so funny. My grandmother used to do that, you know, with her, her bro- couple of her brothers that passed. Mm-hmm. You know, she used to light a candle in front of their picture every night. But that was yeah. her thing, you That's know. Right. She let a candle. My grandfather died, so she didn't do that. I don't know. Wow. Well, I did it for the brothers. Yeah, okay. But, you know, it was really, I mean, and I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. But now I, I kind of more understand yeah. it. But as a kid,
1: I didn't get it. I just thought she right. was crazy. Right. You know? But when my father died in 68, we didn't have any of this. Right. You, know, you didn't cool. have
0: ways to deal. You didn't, have to, cool. you didn't know what to Ross help you.
1: hadn't come out with her book yet, right. mm-hmm. um, The Stages of Grief. So we didn't have any of that. It wasn't until I went into chaplaincy that I really grieved the loss of my dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I knew, that I finally learned that I could light a candle and put it in front of his picture. We didn't even think of doing that. We didn't even think of doing that. Of doing and that. we never talked about him. My mom never, the anniversary came up. Mm-hmm. She never talked about it. Well, so. we have it. We have,
0: it's so funny. My father was a huge Bud Light fan. Mm-hmm. We have, but there's Bud Light in my mother's refrigerator right now with my dad had put there. And I said, hey, Mother, You can't take those cans out. Oh. I said, We're just going to have to move them to your new house when I move That's right. you. you just keep them there. That's Nobody right. drank them. That's right. <laughs> just keep That's them right. there. Those are Dad's cans. It's a way of keeping him. It's with just you. a way of keeping them. I know they're silly little things, oh. but you know they're they're things that you know just help us mm-hmm. to stay close. It's so comforting. when we're around that holiday table, I know it's hard knowing what to say and what not to say. Right. So I wanted to give people. I mean, I can't believe it's ten or seven. I told you, you and I can talk forever. We could. We could talk forever. This but is a great topic. I, it's just. It's a tough topic, but it's. I don't know. I think it just gives people permission to talk about it. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that's what I wanted to do tonight. Mm-hmm. I wanted to give people the, the ability or the resources to be able mm-hmm. to talk about it. And we are on podcasts, so they can re-listen really to us awesome. as much as they want. But when we're around that holiday table, there's things that are good to say and things that are bad to say. And I mean, sometimes people on nervousness, when they see someone's down or grieving, you know, uh, they say the wrong thing. So maybe we can, let's say some of the bad things. Okay because those are kind of they're kind of not to say that they're funny, but they're you know they're like what I would never say that kind of like right.
1: those v8 kind of moments exactly right? and and let me preface this by saying that we need to keep in mind that people say these things because they don't know what to say mm-hmm. so one of the best ways to deal with this is to think instead of taking it personally. Think to yourself the person doesn't know what to say. Right. That's and it speaks They'll more about personally, right. about them right. than it does about me. So so here are some um gee, I don't know which one to do first. Uh, aren't I, aren't you over him yet? I <laughs> uh, you know, we That's, we hear that. Like six yeah. months later. Aren't you over him yet? Yeah. Or even if you've broken up with broken a boyfriend, up with the boyfriend or whatever right. it is. Aren't you right. over him yet? Um I know how you feel. That's probably one of the worst things to say to someone, because yeah. we don't know. We don't know. We can't assume that we know. How, even even if, if we went through something similar, right? Exactly, or even if we lost the same person. Right. Brother right. and sister, I know how you feel. It. Uh, we never. We can't ever assume that. Right. Um, at least you live a long time. Many people die young. Oh. You know? I mean, really. It doesn't matter if she's 90. Right.
2: You know?
0: Right. That's so yeah, that's that's the yeah. one that that kills me here is um she was such a good good person, God wanted her to be with him. Mm-hmm. Really? Right. Only the good die young kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. But people don't know what else to say. Yeah. Yeah. But it, or or she brought this on herself, meaning what if she was alcoholic or mm-hmm. Or suicide. anything. Su- anything. You know, suicide is very difficult. But people don't know what to say, and they say things like this.
1: Right. And so we, we've all said these things, right? I I would hope I didn't, but I probably have. Yeah, I, I'm I, sure I have. made a few blunders myself. Oh, and then you Absolutely. catch yourself.
0: As you're saying it, you realize it. Right. I know how you feel is probably the easiest one to say mm-hmm. that we probably all have done. Right. And And we don't. Right. We don't know how they feel, right? So, what are some better things, better choices
1: for people? Well, here are some. Um, so, I was, you know, th- I'm so sorry for your loss. Now, that's that's a tentative one because mm-hmm. some people get offended by that, mm-hmm. or they hear it over and over and over mm-hmm. again, and they know it's, you know, so, they know it's, they so, know it's rehearsed. Y- yeah, use that with discretion. Mm. Um, I wish I had the right words, just know that I care. That I love. Yeah. That's a beautiful one, because we don't have the right words. And just admit it, because we none of us do. No. Um, words can't, can't take away that person's pain. Right. But we can walk with that person in their pain and listen to them. And the best one is to say nothing. I know. Just be there and give them a hug. Yeah. If they're, we talked about that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I love when when
0: people did that for me, mm-hmm. and I think that's so important. Just that human touch. Yep. Yeah. And you
1: had a good. Someone said something really kind to you that you.
0: Yeah, what I appreciated, and um, which I think is, you know, I would pass along is that if you have a really great story mm-hmm. about the loved one, that maybe that person doesn't know. And I had a lot of people come up to me with great stories about my dad Mm -hmm. that I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And um, they were workers um, that worked with my dad for many years, and they had some great Freddy stories, as we call them, whether they be funny or touching. Mm -hmm. They were... Great stories. My son-in-law had the best. He had some really cute analogies for me. He he showed me um, at work because my son-in-law worked with them. And, you know, I, I think those are the things that help the most yeah. because sometimes it sees a side of that loved one you may not have known. Mm-hmm. And those are really neat because you see them in a different way mm-hmm. that someone else saw them and that helps to know how much they were loved by someone else not just you absolutely so that to me that's incredibly helpful mm-hmm. so if you have a great story mm-hmm. I know I try to do that with people that when I you know when I'm with someone else I'll say you know I did this such and such thing with your mm-hmm. mom or your your mom and I did this together your dad and I you know and I think that helps because then yeah. to get there you're not just saying I'm sorry for your loss or that I'm sorry that they've passed but you know what I
1: enjoyed them while I was while they were here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and this is how I enjoyed them to me that helps right and even if you didn't know the person mm. very well mm-hmm. and you don't have a story mm. you can say i didn't know your loved one but i know that you are a really kind person and you Love know you that. came from good stuff you know, right or i'm yeah. sure your mom was a really kind person yeah. too or so linking the person with the if it's a family member right yeah. So, you know, to. Uh, oh,
0: my God, Jeff. Look what time it is. <laughs> so, I want to make sure that we get in a couple more things be, okay. before the end because I think it's really important. But I, I guess to summarize this piece, we would say it's okay if someone during the holiday times is going through something. Just be with them. Yes. Allow them to be where they're at. Right. Sense it. Mm-hmm. And just be there for them.
1: Right. And let them figure it out. hmm. Right. And don't be afraid to do don't something different mm. for the holidays, especially the first year. Don't be afraid to do something different if the old tradition doesn't feel right. Yeah. You may be able to come back to that right as the years go by. Well, I can tell you that I can fry fish in the house now for Christmas
0: Eve because my father used to make me fry it on the porch. Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go.
0: There's a blessing. Yeah. My poor dad. Oh, he made us fry it outside. Oh my gosh. So funny. I might still do it. Mm-hmm. I still might fry it outside. I think I'm gonna be frying in, it in, in the his garage. Memory. I gotta do it. I can't fry it inside. I can't. It'll kill me. <laughs> Knowing him will make the electricity go outside. Oh my gosh. He might. He they might. might but yeah. if you if you sense someone is in a a space deeper than they should be,
1: mm-hmm. what would you recommend? seeking out a bereavement group Mm. or a professional counselor it's so important it is it is and we don't want to we don't want to dismiss grief no um especially if it's getting you know beyond a year Um, and they're they're still really feeling uh having a difficult time it's It's,
0: so important it's so important and we're always Available at St. Mary's Hospital. We are, absolutely. They can stop by our chapel. They can. Pastoral care is right across from them. Yep. So if you have, if someone out there has maybe is experiencing grief or has Mm -hmm. lost someone, please know that we're there.
1: We are. Our doors are
0: always open. We always have a team. Yep. I love our chapel. Yes, beautiful. Beautiful chapel. And I I know this is a shameless plug, but I don't want, (laughs) want to end without... Plugging your book. Thank you. Which is awesome. And it's called Memoirs of a Hospital Chaplain. I Stand Near the Door. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Yeah, It's there's, a
1: great book. There are stories about patients, and real stories are all true. Yeah. Patients in our hospital who have just inspiring stories. Inspiring stories that, you just know, talk about us. your journey as a chaplain. Yeah. Talk about some of the yeah.
0: things that you see. And also talk about... Um, how you help people through whatever the process is, but also how you learn from that.
1: Absolutely. And how you Absolutely. grow. And, you know, I'll tell you a secret, Robin. The reason I do this and the reason I do good grief is because it helps me heal. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is a, this is how I pay it forward. That's why I'm
0: doing Stephen Ministry. Yeah. It's so important. Yeah. And it is. If you find that one thing that helps you heal that helps you to help mm-hmm. others. I know my husband since his stroke, you know, he works with stroke patients at Gaylord. Yeah. And it helps you They're heal. Pay it forward. You pay Absolutely. it forward. Yep. So again, thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. much for joining me tonight and and for being part of our team thank of you. caring individuals at St. Mary's Hospital. And I want to thank everybody for joining us tonight. We will be back um our next show December 7th will be a taped one because WHR has their holiday party. Ooh. But I will also be here um, Um, December 9th um, with a program called Gut Check. And we're going to have a dietician with us talking a little bit of how we throw our systems off during the holiday time. That will be our morning show on Friday, December 9th. And then I will be back uh, December 21st with um, a show just before the holidays. So please join me. So Robin Sills, St. Mary's Hospital. Exceptional Care. Every patient, every day. Have a great night.